Hi there, my name is Pete. This is Social Distance. Oh, under two seconds. That was really amazing. Very smart of me. Smart to talk fast, isn't it? Yes. Now, a bumper show. But first of all, I just have to say thank you so much. We have had another bumper Sunday. And it's always around the weekend. Um, during the summer and into the summer and during the summer, uh, it was Saturday um, and Sunday. But now, for the last good while now, it's very clear that the majority of the audience uh, listen on Sundays. I don't know why. Well, I do know why. I guess it's just easier to listen on Sundays to a podcast. Uh, a podcast! Or a couple of episodes of a podcast. Uh, a podcast! So, thank you ever so much, though. It's, it always shocks me how many people listen to this bloody thing. And uh, so, thank you. Thank you wherever you are in the world. And I really appreciate my listeners in all around the world. Do I still have the Kazakhstan listener? Now, listen, This I know I've just done the show, but this is a, a, a notice, a, a public address notice from me to anybody listening in Kazakhstan, okay? And we do, I can see the data is that at least someone's listened in the past. I don't know if you're still listening. But if you are, on the off chance that you're in Kazakhstan listening to this, please send me a tweet at Podcasting Covid's, or, sorry, Covid, <laughs> Podcasting Covid, or email socialdistancerpodcast at gmail.com. I really want to know what you think of Borat. I, I love Borat, and I think it's great, you know. But I really want to know what you think of it if you are in Kazakhstan. Okay, so there's a very specific request right at the top of the show. And thank you ever so much for listening. Now, we've got a bumper show. It is just a normal show. I've dropped the Nomnik, 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 Dob. What did I call it last week? The Nomnibus. I've dropped the Omnibus, dropped the Nomnibus. We've got to live with the, you know, wrinkle that is the songs but i love the fucking songs i mean you know the songs are the best thing about the fucking show and also life is full of wrinkles yeah you can't this is what makes life life you can't smooth out the wrinkles no matter whether you like it or not so first of all we're going to start with a new biden ad which is up and it's the world series in the states which means fuck all to me and fuck all to anyone else apart from the listeners in the states but it is a third of my fucking listeners in the states like weirdly so if you're watching the world series then you might be seeing these biden ads cost them a pair penny a pretty penny because it's basically the most expensive you know one of the most expensive uh, ad buys that you can get on tv it's obviously um you know they're uh what's the word like specifying their um ads that they're showing for particular markets and they're thinking about what games they're uh you know kind of getting the ads in depending on you know what fucking states they're uh targeting and all that kind of stuff but a big one that went out yesterday i think on saturday night game was brad pitt's endorsement of essentially because he's bloody narrating it um old uh, you know joe biden and if you're going for the suburban woman vote than getting Brad Pitt to narrate your advert is probably better than Sam Elliott because, you know, I like Sam Elliott. He kind of 
you know, stands for a kind of America that obviously, you know, there's lots of, you know, they want to do Texas. I'm going to talk about Texas later. And they want to uh, flip Texas, um, obviously. And Sam Elliott kind of like really plays to that. Do you know what I mean? But let's face it, he's not Brad Pitt, you know, and only Brad Pitt is Brad Pitt. And Brad Pitt is still Brad Pitt, you know, even though he's been Brad Pitt for ages. But he's still Brad Pitt, you know. So if you're wanting suburban women to vote for you, then getting Brad Pitt in is a good idea. Here's Brad Pitt. America is a place for everyone. Those who chose this country, those who fought for it, some Republicans, some Democrats, and most just somewhere in between, all looking for the same thing, someone who understands their hopes, their dreams, their pain, to listen, to bring people together, to get up every day and work to make life better for families like yours, to look you in the eye. Yeah, there we go, we get the gist, there's old Buddy Pouty. And um, so that's good then, isn't it? And they've got a whole host of different ads uh, running. I think, uh, well, not a whole host, five or six. But they've really thought about it. And we it's one of the exciting things about an American election, I always find, uh, is that you don't know uh, what the campaigns have got up their sleeve. It's very exciting if you kind of follow this kind of thing, yeah? And so we're getting now to the closing stage of this uh, of this campaign and we're looking at I mean what well, I'm looking at I have no idea what's going to happen you know I'm not really following that it's probably publicly available if you do follow this but there's enough that I'm bloody following you know <laughs> so but what I would hope is that they do something kind of extraordinary I you know I do know that Biden is going to Texas for instance um, and I'll talk about Texas I keep talking I keep saying that I'll talk about Texas and I will talk about Texas, but we do want something uh, special, you know, an advert narrated by Brad Pitt. OK, that's fine. But we do want something special from the Biden campaign. An example is the extraordinary, what was it, like a half hour long um, show, basically, like a big infomercial uh, when Barack Obama was going for the presidency in 2008. It had never been done before, and it finished with a section of him in a stadium with thousands of people, and it, so this kind of um, recorded show, like a infomercial about Barack Obama's life and blah, 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 and then, you know, going for the, uh, obviously, you know, the Democratic nominee, and then running up against... Um, yeah, oh, fuck with it, that he was up against uh, McCain. <laughs> um, and then it w- then went live to him uh, in the stadium. And that was very exciting, you know, like from a kind of whatever, like, you know, the point of view of somebody that's into this kind of shit. That's as exciting as it gets, basically. So we're looking for something quite uh, interesting, quite novel and, you know, never been done before. I don't know whether we can get Biden up in space, for instance. That would be really good. You know, old, um, what's his name? Tom Cruise is going up in space for his new film with Doug Lyman. Well, we need Biden in space, yeah? I mean, he's probably, yeah, I mean, he's definitely too old and definitely not fit enough. But uh, it'd be good, though, wouldn't it? It'd be an amazing story. Trump, Trump. For once in his fucking campaign, it would Trump Trump. So anyway, let's go on to talk about 
uh, Texas because there is a, an academic who works at um, Houston University. His name is Dr. Richard Murray. And Dr. Murray's job is to, he's a politics uh, academic. So he's every day, he's kind of looking at politics in Texas. And he is convinced that this year is the year. This year is the year that for about 20 years, because of changing demographics, Texas isn't the Texas of the olden days anymore. There's a massive um, Hispanic, Hispanic community and, you know, lots of young people in Texas. And so more and more and more, um, the, the Democrats are kind of on the rise. And they have been on the rise for a long, long time. In uh, 2018, uh, Beto O'Rourke, this charismatic dude from, um, from Texas, he got 48% of the vote, but he missed out with 48% of the vote. He missed out to Ted Cruz and he wanted to, you know, kind of get Ted Cruz's seat, but Ted Cruz did win. But 48% of the vote is not bad. Not, well, obviously it's 48% of the vote. Do you know what I mean? So he did lose, but he only lost by 2%, you know? So um, this dude, Murray, Richard Murray, he thinks that Biden is going to get Texas, which is absolutely extraordinary if it happens. Now, there's a, he's not like, this is his job. Do you know what I mean? He does know what the fuck he's talking about and he's not being flippant about it. He's not making any political... Um, points on it he's just looking at the data and he's working out that he's been doing this for 30 years yeah so if he doesn't know then nobody knows and conversely if he does know then he's the one that we should know yeah is that a saying <laughs> yeah that's a saying say that tomorrow now let's just look at what evidence we can see based on what we know well we do know that from an um, election report the the um uh, Michael McDonald's uh, thing is kind of like, not a hobby. I, I described it as a hobby uh, the other episode and I, I thought back and I thought, well, it's, obviously it's far more than a hobby. It's like a kind of academic, you know, it's a research thread that he's doing, you know. And it's massively uh, quoted here, there and everywhere and I'm quoting it. But I'm telling you, you know, if you're interested in looking at the numbers and basically everyone is doing it every morning, Look at the numbers, see how many people are doing the early votes. This guy, what he's doing is from some, well, I can't remember where he's based now, but he's out of some university. And this is Michael McDonald. And he is uh, collating together all of the state information about, about the early vote and about the returned mail-in ballots. Okay, So he's putting it all together in a great big database. And he's got a lovely map of the... Um, of the states up there and every i mean like all day like you know they come in because there's so many states like the majority of the states i think there's not only a handful of states that aren't doing some kind of mail-in voting or early voting the majority of them are the vast majority so every day all day every day he's just like updating 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 so it's 58 million eight hundred thousand plus have voted already most of that around about 39 million are people that are uh, that have uh, sent back their their mail ballots okay in-person voting is 19 million but in total 58 million eight hundred and fifty seven thousand three hundred and ten as I speak 
have voted, well, more have voted, but those are the ones that have um, aborted. So if you break that down into the percentage of the um, the 2016 totals, um, Texas, 80% of the total number of people that voted in Texas in 2016 have already voted. So if we're looking at Texas, the reason why Republicans win in Texas is because the Democrats don't get out to vote. This year, we still have nine days to vote. Yeah. Um, well, the rest of today, Sunday. So if we discount Sunday, then it's eight days. Yeah. We've got Monday next to, into the ne- next Monday, and then we've got the um, the you know the, that's Monday the second, and then we've got. Tuesday the 3rd, which is election day. So we've got eight full days to vote. And obviously, you know, we've got a good chunk of Sunday as I record this. But so it's we're kind of like, you know, nine days, eight days. So go on about the eight days, nine days. So anyway, where are we going to get to with that Texas vote? Well, obviously, we're going to, you know, get to 100% by what? Uh, Wednesday? Uh, I mean, well, Wednesday, what am I talking about? Tuesday, maybe? Well, let's say Wednesday. So if it's Wednesday, then we've got Thursday. So Wednesday, you know, conservatively, we could say Wednesday, yeah? Because we've got the whole of, like, the rest of Sunday, then Monday, then Tuesday, then Wednesday, right? So then say that Wednesday, okay, you got to exactly the same number of votes cast in uh, 2016 by Wednesday. That means Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday are all days where they're going to uh, be voting more than 2016 and high turnouts is good for the democrats now why why do i say that well there's a couple of things the majority of those um uh, that have the votes that have been cast are the returning mail uh, ballots and more democrats have requested mail ballots and are returning mail ballots than republicans and just from a from the point of view of the if you look at the numbers you can see that and this isn't me not me talking this is me listening to fucking richard murray talking and basically you know summarizing and bastardizing what he said but you can see that it's it's all to do with the republicans because they believe that they are you know it's a texan it's a red state they get out and vote because it's a red state the Democrats, they just sit at home because they think it's a red state. Like, what's the point in us voting, you know? But of course, it's different now because Trump is toxic and there's plenty of people in um, Texas, like everywhere else in the country, that are definite Republicans. But they're saying, do you know what? I can actually live with Biden. I can live with Biden. That's fine. And in fact, it would be nice to live without Trump because Trump is a fucking psycho, yeah? These are Republicans in Texas saying, let's give someone else a go that's not a fucking psychopath. And obviously then you've got lots and lots of Democrats who are thinking, well, of course, like we are totally going to like do everything we can to like get Trump out of the White House. Like obviously we're going to vote, like fuck's sake, like voting is the is the start of it, you know? <laughs> And then, of course, you got the other people, like people in the middle, as old, um, what's his name, Brad Pitt would say, who think, you know, and of course, there's, you know, hundreds of millions of people like this, who think, well, you know, what's it going to do for me, you know? 
well, the economy is fucked. And I actually know quite a few people that have had COVID and lots of them have got long COVID and two of them are dead. So maybe I shouldn't go for uh, Trump, you know? It doesn't really feel like I'm a Trump supporter anymore. And apparently, now this is what I'll remind you about this before um, November the 3rd, yeah? The the county to look out for is Collin County. It's a suburban area north of Dallas, basically. And there's about a million people living there. So that's the one to look at for, if that goes Biden's way, then, you know, uh, Dr. Murray says that um, Texas is his. Yep. So take a look at that. And Murray says it's happening. I mean, you know, we'll, we'll see. I'm not changing my prediction based on the... Um, the advice of a, a expert who's been looking at it for 30 years. <laughs> or just because it, like, I mean, obviously, I don't fuck all, but it just feels like, you know, maybe it's because, well, I've spoken about this before, you know, being uh, avowedly non-Tory and every fucking election, you know, you cross your fucking fingers, you know, and then you cross your vote in the box. And that's nice, isn't it? Poetry, yeah? Beautiful. And then you do another cross. You cross your legs because you need a piss, but you don't want to miss Jon Snow with his swingogram. And then, um, anyway, the point is that you don't want to kind of... It sounds mad, but I don't want to say, oh, yeah, he's getting Texas, you know? Because if I fucking say that, he's not going to get fucking Texas. And the reason why he doesn't get Texas isn't because of, um, you know, anything that Trump does or Biden does or the millions of voters does. It's because I said he's not going to get Texas. (laughs) Oh, no, sorry, I said he is going to get Texas. Oh, shit. No, he's definitely not going to get Texas. Anyway, you get my gist. I don't want to change my... um, prediction just yet i'm still going for three three four but you know it is looking good for uh biden and we haven't seen any uh, i don't think i've seen any polls that suggest that um trump's uh, quite good line of attack the other day has changed much um i was watching a fucking i don't know why i don't know why i put myself through the pain but i was watching a um a bloody trump rally earlier and uh, he's just told this very long story about Air Force One. And he's just all over the place, you know. I mean, he's not, you know, he kind of says what he says just to get the people cheering, you know. But interestingly, the biggest cheer was when he says we're not watching football these days because of the, you know, footballers who are taking a knee. And that got a big cheer. And I thought, well, that says a lot about your crowd. Do you know what I mean? I mean, of course, we know exactly what his crowd is like but of all the you know bullshit lines he was throwing at them that avowedly racist i mean you know talk about a um, dog whistle as big as a as a foghorn that's basically a racist statement right there and that's the fucking thing that gets the gets the uh, crowd cheering so fuck you trump you've only got a couple of days you know everything looking like it's looking you've only got a couple more days And I want to know whether he's going to face criminal charges. Not whether, but when. Not if, but when. You know, because the United States, um, the United States, the the New York's district attorney has got a couple of cases out on the Trump organization. 
organization and there's lots and lots of questions to ask about Trump in terms of well all of it you know money and he's just been siphoning off uh, a bit like uh, Boris Johnson actually in exactly the same way you know just siphoning off money here there and everywhere put in the pockets of your pals 12 billion pounds that's how much the UK government has wasted on test and trace 12 billion pounds it is an extraordinary amount of money 12 billion pounds unbelievable and it's so trumpian you know and you know what i feel like because obviously we know that uh, biden is no fan of brexit and has got a real problem with um the idea of uh, a no like doing a deal with the uk the, the us uk trade agreement if um uh, they go no deal with um with fucking with the eu yeah because of the implications of northern ireland biden is um irish historically yeah his family are irish so and not just that but because he's like you know i mean any president apart from bush apart from um trump would have a problem with with doing a deal with uh, a johnson government like there's no question about that you know but um anyway i think that uh if uh, Biden gets in, it means um, Johnson's card is marked, and I think he might go by the spring. I mean, whether you know any of us are alive by then to fucking see it is another thing. Every Friday, Independent Sage do their press briefing, and this week. It was on schools, and it's definitely worth watching if you have an interest in schools in the UK. Uh, it's definitely worth watching the whole thing. I'll play a couple of highlights here. First of all, Christina Pagel every week does a bit of a summary, and it's really brilliant. So this is from the summary. This is telling us that even the people, the, if you're living in an area of the UK that isn't the north of, of England, and isn't those hot spots in you know Northern Ireland? We know there's parts of um, the south of Wales, and we know the kind of middle area of um, Scotland are you know badly affected. But if you take that out and look at the other places, it's all going up everywhere. So let's just hear what she says. You can see that that everything everywhere is going up. So even though cases are lower in the other areas of England, they're going up and they're accelerating. So we have to be careful about assuming that just because they're low now, they'll stay low. Um, over the summer, we were talking about 50 cases per 100,000 being a concerning level. Everywhere is higher than that. So just kind of bear that in mind that just because it looks lower compared to the north where cases are really, really, really high, doesn't mean that they're not high elsewhere. I think that's a really, really good point, you know, and it adds to this sense of complacency that people uh, purposefully, but, you know, it's a government policy, basically, you know, it may not be written down, but we know that lots of crimes aren't written down, you know, probably a good idea not to write the fucking crimes down, but you can't help but um, conclude that it is government policy to withdraw all, basically all apart from the most essential uh, briefings and even those briefings is more spin than fact, you know, and more just you know bullying uh, other politicians than actually, you know, discerning the data and taking 
you know, fucking <laughs> serious, you know, serious policies forward based on what the data says, you know, fuck that. The government's never done that, you know. So and, uh, and instead of that, it's just silence. And of course, in the silence, anything can erupt. And what erupts more than anything is complacency. So this idea that, you know, 50 cases per 100,000 was seen... Let's just get this fucking, you know, into our brains. The cut-off point during the summer for if you went somewhere and you had to um, quarantine quarantine when you came back to, to Britain, you know, to England at least, it was 20 cases per 100,000, right? On a seven-day rolling average. 20 cases per 100,000. So, you know, loads of places were on that fucking list, obviously. And um, so that was the cut-off point. And Independent Sage was saying 50 cases per 100,000 is really worrying. Everywhere now is over 50 cases per 100,000. And it's just going up, of course. It's up and up and up and up. The southwest has now jumped um, the southeast and jumped the east of England. And now it's it was bottom for ages. It was the lowest region but uh, in fact until the last couple of weeks yeah but now it's um third lowest now i know it's you know comparative to places where it's really um you, you know like fucking rife like ridiculously rife you know it's everywhere but the point that christina pagel is making and that i'm fucking you know making a meal of making again is that it's going up everywhere and it is because we've kind of you know taken our eye off the ball lots of reasons for that now there's also another really interesting thing that they said in relation to masks so this is anthony costello and what he says is really i mean it's fascinating and difficult to argue against i'm just making an observation if you were pursuing a herd immunity policy you would send children back to schools without masks and put them in confined spaces and that's what's happening across the country I'm not saying anyone is pursuing a herd immunity policy, but that's what's happening. And I think it's wrong. I think we should have uh, insisted on all secondary school children having masks from day one. So there we go. No messing around from Antonio Costello, but beautifully, uh, <laughs> beautifully, you know, nuancing. He said, if, if you want to pursue a herd immunity strategy, then do what you're doing. And it is happening, but I'm not saying anyone wants to. <laughs> so that's good. He's not going to end up in court, and neither am I, because that's what I said as well. I'm not saying anyone is. Who would like a sausage? They're totally unrelated. I just I just can't help but think about sausages now. It's totally unrelated to, obviously, anything to do with the government or anything. I just want a lovely sausage. But anyway... If you look at the, um, you know, 50% of schools have had a case. Unbelievable. 50% of schools have had a case. You know, it is unbelievable that masks are not in schools. Unbelievable that masks are not in schools. And the, and the government said, with no money and very little time, each school is going to have to make themselves COVID secure. And this is costing schools thousands and thousands of pounds to do. Uh, which is not, then they're not getting any extra money to do this, yeah? And of course, it just depends on 
the wherewithal and the kind of ability, the research ability and the just the you know fucking how how good they are at doing something that nobody in the history of mankind has ever done before, you know, uh, which is try to secure a place from uh, an airborne disease that is growing outside. Like is essentially it's an impossible task, and we know it's impossible because fifty percent of schools have had have had cases and have had there's a, a rolling uh, trend of hundreds of children being um, going into self-isolation you know hundreds and hundreds of children well thou- I mean you know literally tens of thousands of children are in self-isolation um, at any given point up and down the country uh, test and trace is the way that you get out of this problem without a vaccine and test and trace although it costs 12 billion is getting worse and worse and the people that are getting it more than anyone are young people it's children in schools it is unbelievable that we are wasting our time talking about closing fucking you know i mean you, even in tier 3 the restaurants aren't closed and even in tier 3 you can drink till your heart's content in fucking witherspoons you know Tier 3 is not going to work. Apparently there's rumour that there's Tier 4 around the corner, you know. Um, But schools, it's so obvious that you just put a mask on everyone. All children, all staff, all situations. All the kids have got the fucking things because everyone goes, you know, to the sweet shop on their way home or to some shop on their way home, you know, or they get the bus home. Every, literally every child has got a mask, but nobody's wearing a mask. It is insane. And as Anthony says, as I like to call him, oh, Tony, tone, tone the tone, because he's so toned, uh, says, if you want to pursue a strategy of herd immunity, this is exactly what you would do. Let, you know, tens of thousands of people uh, be exposed to an illness. And of course, you know, no wonder deaths are going up like steeply and no wonder cases are going up every single day 20,000 20,000 20,000 that's coming nowhere close to the 35,000 everyday new cases of symptomatic people so you can add on another 20% to that easily so we're looking at at least 40,000 new cases day after day after day after day and it's just going to rise because R is above one everywhere and R is the uh, is biggest in the southwest. Welcome to the Trend Report. I'm very absolutely delighted to welcome onto the show the General Secretary of the World Health Organization himself. He's going to be talking to you. Here he is. Hold on a minute. He's just getting in the door here. He's got quite a large suitcase with it. It's going, oh my Christ. Come on. Right, okay, you ready? All right, here he is. <laughs> That's a good bit, isn't it? Anyway, here he is. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Good evening. We are at a critical juncture in this pandemic. Tell us more. Particularly in the northern hemisphere. Ah, oh, fuck. The next few months are going to be very tough. Right. And some countries are on a dangerous track. 
too many countries are seeing an exponential increase in cases and that's now leading to hospitals and ICU running close or above capacity and we're still only in October. We urge leaders to take immediate action to prevent further unnecessary deaths, essential health services from collapsing and schools shutting again. As I said it in February, and I'm repeating it today, this is not a drill. We're calling on governments to carry out five key actions today. First, assess the current outbreak situation in your country based on the latest data you have at hand. Conduct honest analysis and consider the good, the bad, and the ugly. I have a specific message for those countries that have successfully brought COVID-19 transmission under control. Now is the time to double down to keep transmission at a low level. Be vigilant, be ready to identify and case to identify cases and clusters and take quick action. Do not allow the virus to take hold again. Second, for those countries where cases, hospitalizations, and ICU rates are rising, make the necessary adjustments and course correct as quickly as possible. Making changes when needed shows leadership and strength. Third, it's important to be clear and honest with the public about the status of the pandemic in your country and what's needed from every citizen to get through this pandemic together. Fourth, put systems in place to make it easier for citizens to comply with the measures that are advised. This means if people are told to isolate or quarantine or businesses have to close temporarily, governments need to do everything they can to assist individuals, families and businesses. Fifth, the next few months for many people will be difficult. There are incredible stories of hope and resilience of people and businesses responding creatively to the outbreak and we need to share this widely. Governments need to carry out the basic steps of speaking to people who are infected with the virus and their contacts and giving them specific instructions on what to do next. If governments are able to hone their contact tracing systems and focus on isolating all cases and quarantining contacts, then mandatory stay-at-home orders for everyone can be avoided. We have seen many times from around the world that it's never too late for leaders to act and turn the outbreak around. So there we go. Key, thank you, thank you, bye. But he's gone now, that's brilliant, wasn't it? That's like fucking Steve Wright, 20 years ago, was doing that shit. But not as good as what I just did. So, um, yeah, to the, no, numbers two, three, four, and five. Did you get that? From If you're filtering everything through Sausage Johnson or Trump, we're fucked. Like, the, the, we are not being served by our governments, okay? Let me just put it like that, yes? Let me just put it like that. Numbers two, three, four, and five. Go back if you fucking want to. But basically, you know, be honest. Do test and trace. I mean, pretty fucking basic, you know. We are. This is October, right? You were saying it in February, yeah. And um, you know, use like the everything you have to support people. 
be quick and adapt quickly to the situation yeah and um you know that's not happening in the states or in the uk we're being let down left right and center by uh the politicians and that reminds me of this amazing did you hear about it oh my god uh jake tapper on what's it called state of the union on um cnn he was uh interviewing mark meadows who's the old dude who's like what was he like chief of staff trump's chief of staff yeah and he let slip a right winner here right L- listen to meadows Here's what we have to do. We're not going to control the pandemic. We are going to control the fact that we get uh, vaccines, therapeutics, and other mitigation Why are we going to get areas the because, pandemic? because it is a contagious virus, just like the flu. Yeah, but why not it's make contag- efforts to contain it? Well, we are making efforts to contain it. By and running and all over the country and not wearing a mask? Jake, that's what the vice can, president is doing. We can get into the back, back and forth. Let, let me just say this is what we need to do is make sure that we have the proper mitigation factors, whether it's therapies or vaccines or treatments, to make sure that people don't die from this. But to suggest that we're going to actually quarantine all of America, lock down our accounts. Well, they are. Joe Biden's saying that. He says, lock everybody down. We're going to have we're going to have a dark we're going to have a dark winter. We're going to have a dark. That's what health officials say. That's what health officials say. That It's going to get worse. no, No. There we go, there's Jake Chapper losing his shit there. That's what health officials say. So we are not going to control the pandemic. That is exactly what you want the chief of staff to say, like fucking 10 days before an election. (laughs) Absolutely incredible. I mean, this is the problem is that, you know, this is Johnson's problem as well, you know, to a certain extent, is that you can't go fully, even fucking Johnson says... After, like, you know, who's the one that wants to close the schools? Although he doesn't want to close the schools, Starmer. Who's the one that wants to close the Witherspoons? But then, even fucking Sausage Johnson has got the wherewithal to say, oh, we don't rule anything out, you know? But there's old um, Meadows. And why, why are they talking about Pence? Pence, right, Vice President Pence, he's going to do a rally tonight in North Carolina in a couple of hours... And unbelievably, five of his staff have tested positive. Five of his staff have tested positive, including his chief of staff and his body man. His body man is his personal assistant, the person that if he needs a pen, he's given a pen. If he needs, you know, just any personal stuff, it's more like, a, you know, not somebody that takes notes or whatever, but just like a, a guy that's there all the time, and they're inseparable, yep? Like, literally always together. He's always together with, obviously, his chief of staff as well, yeah? Travelling everywhere he travels, everywhere he goes, his chief of staff is there, like, obviously. But you don't get closer than your body man, right? And his fucking body man has got it. And Pence is... This, this argument with Jake Trapper was saying that Jake was saying... You know, he should be quarantining. Obviously, he should be self-isolating because his close contact... You can't get fucking closer. Uh, have tested positive. Why isn't he quarantining? Oh, well, they're saying he's an essential worker. <laughs> and then you think, well, OK, if you are an essential worker, then there's various things that you, that you, I suppose, have to do. Like, for instance, you have to save lives in a hospital as an essential worker, Yeah. If you're the vice president, what you don't have to do is uh, a rally 
with hundreds of people, okay? And the people, Jake says, I like to call him Jake, says that people have got the fucking um, COVID-19 through going to the Trump rallies. Like, you know, they're doing these big rallies, they're getting all these psychopaths out, and, uh, you know, they're catching it because they are... The mask wearing does happen, and they don't mandate it to happen, they don't order it to happen, but it does happen. They do give masks out, and they give MAGA masks out, of course, you know, and quite a lot of the people do wear them. But there's no social distancing, and even if you're outside, which we know this, you know, you have to social distance, even if you're outside, even if you've got a fucking mask on your face. Social distancing is the key thing, yeah? Well, wearing a mask is obviously massively important, but the idea is that you do all three. You're outside, always ventilated, and you're wearing a mask, and you're social distancing. So anyway, we'll have to see where it happens. what happens with Pence, but that was the weirdest trend report of all time. <laughs> in South Carolina is trying to unseat uh, Lindsey Graham in uh, the period between July and September Jamie Harrison got 57 million dollars and he is uh, out raising and outspending Lindsey Graham and he's got Graham on the ropes Lindsey Graham is a high-ranking Republican who is best buddies with old Trumpy Wumpy. And if uh, Jamie Harrison wins, it will be a huge upset. One of the reasons why he's um, raising so much money, by the way, is that the Democrats have uh, cracked um, online fundraising. You know, thanks to uh, the Obama uh, campaign more than anyone. But they've got this thing called Act Blue. So if you which is basically a kind of platform through which you can um, support 
um, you know, races. And so, um, you know, if you, for instance, uh, give money to Joe Biden, then you're going to get, you'll do that through Act B, Act Blue, and you're then going to get a message on your phone saying, oh, there's this race you might be interested in. You know, there's Jamie Harris, uh, Jamie Harris, Jamie Harrison versus Lindsey Graham in South Carolina. And there's this race and there's this race and blah, 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 blah. You know, just pitch in $3, just pitch in $5, just pitch in $10. And so hundreds of thousands, well, millions of people in the States are doing that, you know. They're thinking, oh, yeah, this looks tasty, you know. And um, putting in, a, you know, $5 here, $5 there. And, you know, it doesn't take a lot of $5 before you've got $57 million. I don't know the maths, but I don't think it's a lot. So, and he's looking good in the polls, Jamie. He's just ahead in the polls. It is close. You know, it is close. But anyway, why am I talking about this? Well, because James Carville, who is old, um, you know, he knows a lot about politics. He's been around the, well, you know, been around, been around more than fucking anyone. Clinton's um, advisor back in the day. And he's, he describes this as the best political advert he has ever seen. Now, the visuals aren't anything special. It's just like a kind of cartoon, that go, a cartoon that goes with the, an animation, <laughs> cartoon that goes with the, with the words. It's the words that matter with this, right? It's nothing visually. It's, I mean, fucking watch it by all means, you know. But um, the audio will get you. The audio will get you going. But I went down an old dirt road, shotgun house, and I went knocking on doors. Old African-American man came to the door. He said, son, who are you and what you want? I said, sir, I'm Jamie Harrison. Looked at me and he said, okay, what do you want? I said, sir, this is the most consequential election. And he said, son, let me tell you something. He said, you see that road that you, you, you drove up on? I said, yes, sir. He said, what kind of road is that? He said, it's a dirt road. He said, son... That was a dirt road when Ronald Reagan was president, when both of the Bushes were president. It was a dirt road when Bill Clinton and Barack Obama were president. Son, that's still a goddamn dirt road. And until either a Democrat or a Republican paints my road, I don't want to deal with any of them. He shut his door. Now I will hurt. But then I started thinking about it. The most important thing to this man was his and he'd heard all the political speeches, people talking about him doing this and that, but nobody had still paid his road. That road is symbolic for so many things for so many of us across the state. It might not be a dirt road for the people in Allendale, but it may be schools. It might not be a dirt road for, for the people in Bamberg, it could be their hospital. That dirt road is a hardship that so many of us are suffering with across the state. I remember a time when senators helped the people they represented. I want to bring the spirit of helping back. We have to rebuild the trust of those people. And that's why I am running for the United States Senate. Yeah, not bad, eh? That dirt road uh, is the um, struggle of the... What was it? Fucking <laughs> bloody forgotten. The struggle of the something for everyone. Yeah, something like that. 
good though, isn't it? Yeah, really good. It's a good one. I like it. I like it. It's good. Yeah, so you might be onto something there. Anyway, um, right, now what we're going to think of tonight? Well, we've got, we've done insects, haven't we? We've fucking done them all, the insects. Um, let's think. A merman. A merman. It's difficult. I mean, I'm not going to ask you to think of a merman because they don't exist. But you know what I really like? I like it when mermen come into conversations and people don't explain what they are um, in relation to mermaids. It doesn't often happen. I don't know how many conversations you have about mermen. But when you do, it doesn't often happen that you don't reference mermaids first. Oh my God, I got an email. What the fuck am I doing? Fuck the fucking merman. I got an email from Poor Choice. Right, now we're getting juicy. Right, Poor Choice says... Where is it? Let me just look it up on my old um, device. There, here. Right, where's old bloody Poor Choice? Right, here's Poor Choice. Right, ready? Thank you, Poor Choice, for emailing in. Emailing in. It's always a real treat whenever you do, Poor, Ch- poor Choice. Sorry, I'm going to try to pronounce your name. It's amazing that Poor Choice is still emailing after I um, mispronounce their name. Um, if you're a new listener, by the way, go back. Um, I, don't, I can't tell you well, bloody mess, what, what they are, but certainly last, what, 40 episodes? Sprinkle with a bit of Porteous here and there, and they're always brilliant. And I love hearing Porteous. Now, this is a good one. Porteous asks, um, right, here's the email. Have you had, have you ever had a dream in which children were being used to filter COVIDs and make the virus less potent. In this dream, how readily were the children showing symptoms and were they converting the virus into a milder form bit by bit? Also in this dream, did you have a visceral notion of the children being tested upon in this way or was it more like a piece of news that was being relayed to you? Have you ever dreamt that keeping children at flow in schools was somehow doing this? Fucking hell. <laughs> what is going on? Poor choice. <laughs> what are you doing? Right. Um, so sh- we're converting the virus into a milder form. Bit by bit. Well, it's really... I mean, I don't know what is going... Maybe Porteous knows... I don't know who Porteous is, right? And, but poor choice is on something here because I received this a few days ago and then today I was notified of a, what notified, I was bloody reading Twitter and I saw something that had been posted that I totally missed. Okay, Princeton, um, on the 30th of September, so I, you know, I missed it because it's now, what is it, the 25th today, yeah? So I missed it for nearly a fucking month. And somebody just highlighted this on Twitter and I looked into it. Well, looked into it, I read the bloody article. So this is Princeton reporting on a paper that it's linked, um, looking at super spreaders, okay? So I'm going to read a section of this. It's, it's exactly what Porteous is talking about. Maybe Porteous has read this and is, I don't know what the fuck is going on with Porteous, basically, but this is really interesting. Um... So this was a, a study of two uh, states in India, and it was basically the, the, the largest so far, the largest 
contact tracing study and it finds children a key to spreading and evidence of super spreading. So let me just read this then. The lead researcher Ramanan Laxminarian, uh, senior research scholar at PEI, don't know what PEI is, where it is, said that the paper is the first large study to capture the extraordinary extent to which SARS-CoV-2 hinges on super spreading in which a small percentage of the infected population passes the virus onto more people. The researchers found that 71% of infected individuals did not infect any of their contacts, while a mere 8% of infected individuals accounted for 60% of new infections. So just, this is absolutely blockbuster stuff, this. Fucking blockbuster. <laughs> I'll read it again. So the research found 71% of infected individuals did not infect any of their contacts, while a mere 8% of infected individuals accounted for 60% of new infections. So 8% accounts for 60% of new infections. That's the key thing. And then the other thing that I've already said twice. Our study presents the largest empirical demonstration of superspreading that we are aware of in any infectious disease, um, the lead researcher said. Superspreading events are the rule rather than the exception when in, one is looking at the spread of COVID-19 both in India and likely in all affected places. Well, yeah, because there's nothing special about India in terms of how COVID-19 spreads. Yep. So you can assume that it's everywhere, not just India, obviously. So, it's slightly different from what... Also, it didn't mention kids there, did it? No, so maybe I'll have to go into the fucking thing. But it's slightly different from what Portress was saying. But maybe there is a... Not a kind of... Um, well, the problem is that we don't really think that there is a dampening effect. You know, if you give... If, if you open up a community, no matter whether the community is... Um, well, that says that... Uh, children are key to the oh, fucking hell. I'm gonna have to go into it, aren't I? Right, so here we go. This is from the bloody thing. This <laughs> um, researchers found the chances of a person with coronavirus, regardless of their age, passing it on to a close contact range from 2.6% in the community to 9% in the household. Okay, well, that logically makes sense because obviously you've got far more contact far more like ways of spreading it if you're living with someone yeah if you you know think that it lives on surfaces for you know hours and days and you know you've got to be incredibly fucking on it to not pass it on to a household amazingly only nine percent do in households which is incredible uh the researchers found that children and young adults who made up one third of COVID cases, were especially key to transmitting the virus in the study populations. Kids are very efficient, this is a quote, kids are very efficient transmitters in this setting, which is something that hasn't been firmly established in previous studies, the lead uh, researcher says. We found that reported cases and deaths have been more concentrated in younger cohorts than we expected based on observations in higher income uh, countries. Children and young adults were much more likely to contract coronavirus from people their own age, the study found. Across all age groups, people had a greater chance of catching the coronavirus from someone their own age. 
The overall probability of catching coronavirus range from 4.7 for low-risk contacts up to 10.7 for high-risk contacts. All right, so, I mean, that last bit, I suppose, is kind of obvious because you're going to probably hang around with people your own age in terms of if you go to school, for instance, but even if schools are closed, then you're going to be at home with your, you know, kind of brothers and sisters, yeah? So, and also, I'm not entirely sure. There may be other uh, health um, implications um, with the with the kids who are like the morbidity of the children who are and the children getting sicker there may be other health considerations for uh, parts of India which that would have been dealt with in the United because they um, compare it to the US although but then again maybe not because it's obviously the US is in a permanent health crisis anyway you know whether they've got fucking COVID-19 or not and as as are as are many parts of um, of Britain and everywhere, you know. But um, anyway, so that's interesting, isn't it? Is that your answer, poor choice? So basically, poor choice. The answer is yes. Right now, let's think of a fish, not a merman, thank you, but a fish. Think of beautiful. Think of those fish. You know the fish that glimmer and glitter, iridescent in the sunshine, hitting the bloody water. Gorgeous. Think of the lovely fish. Now, are you the kind of person that when I say fish, do you think food? Are you the kind of animal that when I think when I say, when I think fish, do you say food? Yes. One, two, three. Walk between the raindrops. <laughs> On a serious note, it is getting tasty out there. And as the trend report says, you know, we've all got to take care of ourselves. I didn't say that. But I'm saying we've all got to take care of each other. Um, it can be incredibly, you know, stressful and uh, just a massive fucking pain in the ass, basically. I mean, you know, let's put our cows on the table here. You know, it's good that old Biden might be, you know, doing something in the States. But basically we're fucked, you know. <laughs> like, it's, it's difficult not to uh, come up with any other... Um, any other answer some days you know and I'm doing okay but it's not you know I don't particularly want to you know kind of make radical changes in my life just because of some fucking you know arsehole aerosol going around but anyway you know I there are many people that are in um, areas affected far worse than my area so I, I need to remember that but now listen Again, I'm going to say thank you ever so much. If you want to email the show, please do social distance podcast at gmail.com. Like it, share it with your friends. If you like the, what you're hearing and you think, oh yeah, my mate Jobo would like that, that's right up fucking Jobo Street. Send it to fucking Jobo or whoever. Jobo or Marie or Susanna. Susanna would love this. You know, Susie, she would love this. And um, yeah, anyway, send it around. Or don't. <laughs> i got the songs to do that bit. Jesus. And take care of yourself. Thank you so much for listening. Next show's tomorrow night. Take care.